Hello everyone, young and old. This is your host, Pastor Duquan McKnight. Welcome to I Am Next Generation Youth Ministry Podcast. And I pray that each and every one of you are having a blessed week and a blessed day. And children, I hope you're having a great time in school. And I pray that each and every one of you is staying safe. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to talk to you on a subject about God. I want to talk to you about some of the attributes of God. And if you have your Bible, take it and turn and go to Psalm chapter 18 and verse 30. Psalm 18 verse 30, in the New King James Version, it says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that as we dive deep into your word today to learn about your character and about your power, Thank you that you are a strong God. Thank you that you are a God that never changes. You are a God that is light, love, power, consuming fire, and of a spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we say amen and amen. Today's message is entitled, God is what to you. God is what to you. Now, if I was to ask you a question. If I was to ask each and every single one of you that is listening to this podcast right now, how would you describe God? What would you say? What word would you use to finish this sentence? God is what? Some of you might say, God is Jesus. God is great. God is wonderful. All of those words would be good answers. They all describe God. But you know what? There are so many attributes throughout the Bible that most people didn't know about our God. We know that God is a consuming fire. God is a what? Consuming fire. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 24, towards the end of the book of Hebrews, the author of the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12 in verse... 29, I should say. I'm sorry. I gave you the wrong verse. Hebrews 12, 29. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. I like that. I like that. He is a consuming fire in which we must allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to purge and purify and refine our heart and mind. In fact, the scripture even describes God as a refiner's fire. He is even known as Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord that sanctifies. In other words, he sanctifies you, he calls you to be set apart, to be holy for the use of the master's work. Not only is he a consuming fire, but God is also a spirit. John chapter 4 and verse 24, when Jesus would sit down with the woman at the well in Samaria, and as they would somewhat get into a theological debate about where to worship God and everything else, this is what Jesus would say to her. In John chapter 4 and verse 24, he says, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, many people thought God was an old man up in heaven with a gray beard and so forth. No, that's not what God is. God is a spirit because the scripture even says no man at no man at any time have seen God the Father. 
No man had any time have seen God the Father, says John. You see, God is a spiritual being who is an invisible and without a body. He is a divine person who reveals himself in perfect intellect, emotion, and will. Not only that, he is the source of the, and the personification of all material and spiritual life. He is self-existent. He is eternal in relationship to time. And God is also unlimited in relationship to the immensity of space. He is immutable in his nature. He is the unity of all existence. And he is consistent in his being. That is, he corresponds in actual fact to his nature and attributes as they are revealed to each and every one of us. Praise the living Lord. Not only is he a consuming fire and a spirit, but God is what? Love. God is love. 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 9 through 10. When John would write to the church at Ephesus and commanding the church to continue to stay steadfast in the word of God. And the emphasis in the epistles of John is that Jesus Christ is the word of life. He says this about Jesus in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. He encourages the believers to know God through love. He says, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Because if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, no one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. I like that about our God, because love is so important. It is one of the greatest characteristics of God. But some of you are like, wait, I, I thought... God exists. Wait, I thought light was in existence. Well, let me tell you something. His love has always existed from the very beginning of time. Let me tell you this. It's, even though it says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light, and let there be light, and so forth. Yes, light came into existence, but guess what? His love has always existed. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says that God has loved us with an everlasting love from the very beginning of time, back in beginning of old. You see, the highest form of God's love was when he sent Jesus Christ into the cross into the world to die on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven so that we can be set free to reconcile us back to God and because of that God resurrected him by demonstrating his great power and because he resurrected Christ we have been promised and guaranteed eternal life if we put our faith and trust in him 1 John 5 verse 11 says this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son he who has the son has life he who does not have the son does not have life these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue continue to believe in the name of the son of God so why is love so important? Let me tell you something. God's love is so important because his love leads and it guides us to repentance. His love can soften even the hardest of all hearts. I remember hearing a story of a lady. She was an atheist and she came to church to hear a preacher speak. I guess a friend of hers invited her out and the preacher preached and so forth. And the lady was sitting. She was kind of squirming, but she still stayed through to hear the message. 
Now, when you go to most churches, sometimes people who don't like to go to church, they'll sit in the service for a little while, you see them squirming and everything during the middle of the message, they'll walk up and leave. But in the case with this woman, she did not. And what happened was, after the service, everybody was greeting the minister at the door, and the minister shook the lady's hand, and he asked her, did she know Jesus Christ? And she said in a mocking voice, no, and I don't care. And he opened his Bible and had her to read John 3.16. And this is a true story. No doubt about it. When the woman read it, tears flowed down her eyes when she read that passage. You see, her heart was hard towards the things of God, but when she read that passage about the love of God, it softened that heart. It broke that barrier of coldness, bitterness, hurt, and rage, and she accepted Jesus Christ right there on the spot as her Lord and Savior. You see, regardless of the mistakes you made, he tells you to get up and move forward, and we must learn to believe in the power of God's love. The reasons why his love is so important because it causes us our joy to be full so that we can no longer sin. It promises eternal life. We can learn to love people. We don't have to be selfish. It is unconditional. It is supernatural. And his love can change your heart and mind. And I can go on and on about the love of God. Even his love can bring anyone home and so forth. But I also want to talk to you about another attribute of God. And that is God is light. God is light. Now some of you are like, God is what? God is light. Now some of you are like, okay, Pastor McKnight, you're, you're, you're kind of doing like a little sermon number. Explain to us about the concept of God as light. Well, my friend, I'm so glad that you asked. When it comes to God as light, we have to know one thing about him. In Hebrews 11.6, it says that God exists and God rewards those who seek him. And when you cry out to God and find him, there is something to be found about him. God is light. Genesis chapter 1 again says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So God created the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness. He called night. Evening in the morning was the first day. John chapter 1 verse 1 through 5 says, In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. And the word was God. From the very beginning, the word was with God. Through him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without him. The word was the source of life, and this life brought light to people. The light shined in the darkness, but the darkness has never put it out. And even in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, when John was writing to the church at Ephesus, he was helping them to stand firm in the faith because they were dealing with an issue called Gnosticism. Gnosticism is the belief that denied that Christ ever came in the flesh, that he was God incarnate in the human flesh. But he wanted his readers to know that God loves us, that Jesus loves us, enough to give us eternal life and he teaches us to walk in the light first john chapter 1 in verse 7 but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin now look up at verse 5 in first john chapter 1 this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that god is light and in him there is no darkness at all in other words god is light you see God is light, and you can't separate light and love from God. And he who is light has the ability to command light. When you see darkness and light throughout scripture, 
it kind of gives you like in a spiritual sense a representation of what it is. Darkness in the spiritual sense represents evil and sin. But light, on the other hand, is the essence of whom God is. And we must learn to continue to walk in that light. Solomon would encourage us and he would tell us in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 10 through 27. He says, hear my son and receive my sayings. And the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have lead you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your light. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They know not what makes them stumble. So in other words, when you make decisions in the dark, it can lead to regrettable decisions. In fact, making decisions without God can lead us to realities in life that we do not want to put ourselves into. Amen? Amen. In fact, in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, we are to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Into his marvelous light. Amen? Amen. And amen. And what other attributes of God is there? Well, I can give you so many of them. We know one thing about our God is that God is also holy, which means he is pure. He does nothing wrong. He never makes a mistake. He keeps all of his promise. God is perfect. In fact, 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22 says, And also, the strength of Israel shall not lie nor relent, for he is the son of man that shall not... Yes. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 through... 29. It describes God as the strength of Israel of... Can't talk today. It also describes God as the strength of Israel, who will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that should relent. Imagine that. He is the strength of Israel that does not lie nor changes his mind. In fact, Numbers 23 and verse 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Another, and another thing too is God does not change, meaning God is the same. And one of the names of God is known as El Olam. The everlasting God, the God that never changes. He says even in Malachi 3 6, for I am God and I do not change. You see, he will always remain loving. He will never give up on you or turn bad and hurtful. Even not only is he not only does he change, but his promises are unchangeable. In fact, there was a man by the name of Everick R. Storms of Ontario, Canada, and he determined to count the promises of God in the Bible. Now, he read the Bible 26 times. So during his 27th reading, he took a year and a half, and as he read, he counted all the promises. In conclusion, he came up with over 7,000 promises made by Almighty God to humans. Well, 7,487 to be exact. 
That's over 20 promises a day throughout the entire year. I mean, there are so many promises of scripture given to us by God that we can cherish within our heart and mind. Like Psalm 50 and verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And another one. Uh, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I like that. I like that promise right there. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Joshua 1 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. Another one, uh, let's see, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 7 through 9 says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you, because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all people, because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty and redeemed hand, and he redeemed you from the house of bondage from that and of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And we also have in Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath you are the everlasting arms. He will drive out the enemy before you and will say, destroy them. Joshua 23 and verse 14 says, Behold this day, I am going all the way of the earth, and ye know in your hearts and in your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing failed thereof. 2 Samuel chapter 7. And verse 22 says, How great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 28 through 29 in the New Living Translation, it says, For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to your servant. And now may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you have spoken, and when you grant a blessing to your servant, O sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Not only, not only is he a God that doesn't change, and also he is a God that is always truthful and honest, but here's the thing, he is a God that never goes to sleep. Someone's like, what? God doesn't go to sleep? That is right. Psalm 121 says, he is the God that helps those who seek him. He says in Psalm 121, David, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. 
Behold, he who keeps Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So in other words, we know that whenever you want to talk to him, he will hear you. There was a story of a man named Bishop William Alfred Quiley, who was a leader in the Methodist Church many years ago, who shared about a night that he worked so hard from that night into the early hours of the morning trying to finish a certain project. And at that moment of intense pressure, he felt so tired and overwhelmed that his eyes fell over to Psalm 121, which was open in his Bible, laying on the table. And he read that and discovered about the promise of the Lord's 24-hour vigil over him, so to speak. This reminded him of how defeating and exhausting were his efforts to work for God, rather than allowing God to work through him. In his spirit, he heard the Lord say to him, Quietly, there's no need for both of us to stay up all night. I'm going to stay up anyway, so you can go to bed and get a good night's sleep. In the same way, God is saying to us, there's no need for you to be up all night worrying, being anxious. I'm going to be up anyway. I'm going to take care of your needs. I'm going to take care of your problems. Just get a good night's rest, my dearest child. And not only is he does that, but he will never be too busy to listen to you. He will help you because he cares for you. He cares about you. And also, too, God knows everything. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, and he is omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere. In fact, in Psalm 139, it even describes God as being there, as the one who knows our rising up and our down sitting. And the psalmist would ask the question, where shall I go from your spirit? If I make my bed in heaven, behold, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And also, too, God's love lasts forever. It can never be used up. It can never grow old. It can never fade away. And then lastly, God is almighty, which means he is able to do anything. No problem is too big for him to handle, and no problem is too small for him to care about. As he says, is there anything too hard for me to do? So what we can take from this is that God also, he is a God that we can worship. We can acknowledge him as a holy, faithful, eternal, changeless, powerful, good, all-knowing, sovereign, loving, ever-present God with so many names who will be right there with us no matter what. And I encourage you, do some little digging in your Bible. Look up some of the characters of God and the powers that he has. And it will help you know what is important to him. And also too, God can take care of things that may seem impossible to man. What is impossible to man is possible to God. Well, I hope and pray that this podcast has blessed you. Tune in next time as we continue to dive into the Word and cover topics and applying biblical truth to everyday life. Until then, this is Pastor Duquan McKnight saying I love you. God bless you. You take care. Bye-bye.